show on UDTFM. Here's Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your host, Jake Trowbridge and Dustin Lunt. Hey, welcome back to DTFF, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Hopefully you all made it through week one without any issues, uh, no injuries to your teams, although I'm sure we had plenty to talk about here. Uh, but hey, it's week one, it's football, it's wild, and we're back, and I love every fucking second of it. I am so happy to be here. Uh, on this side of week one and we just oh all the reactions i love it i love it been waiting what eight months for this now like oh so excited uh but how are you doing jake are you as excited as i am for this i thought i was until i heard exactly how excited you were just now uh i am very excited though and and we of course uh we're whooping it up on sunday watching seven hours of uninterrupted football oh, on glorious. red zone before our beloved Packers uh, kicked off, and and every part of it was phenomenal. So yes, I'm excited for the week that we got. I'm even more excited for the weeks that we still get, and uh, I, I can't wait to be at a position in January where we'll we'll gripe about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's gonna come faster than we want it to. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was a very wild week one, and we are going to talk about some of those overarching stories. Uh, are we overreacting? Are we reacting appropriately or underreacting? So uh, that that that's the focus for this evening. But before we get into all that, um, and I want to hit a couple news highlights here. But Jake, before we do, what are you drinking this evening? I'm drinking the same thing I was drinking this weekend from Delta Beer Lab. Have an Oktoberfest. It's the time of the season for Oktoberfest. That's how the song goes. Uh, yeah, it's it's delightful. It's it's now the weather is cooperating. It was a little too mm-hmm. sunny for me to actually feel comfortable drinking an Oktoberfest this weekend, but I did it anyways because they're so damn good. But now it's like the dreary autumn that I I yeah. need as my background for the beer. But what do you enjoy? Uh, I just have my uh, my Mexican lager homebrew. Uh, I love how crystal clear it is dropped um, over time. It's become more and more clear, uh, which is what you want out of a lager, and it's uh, it's it's yeah, crystal clear. I love it. Uh, but yeah, enjoying a nice easy lager this evening. Easy drinker. Easy. Mm-hmm. You you put a little lime in that guy? Nope. Ever, nope. Just as a little lime in it. Have I? Just as has I? Have I? Yes, but no. Typically, I don't. Not tonight. Uh, not, not tonight, Dan. No. All right. But as I said, uh, let's let's talk a little bit of news. We're not going to get into it too deep and go into like every single um, news brief or injury report or anything like that. That's not yeah, us. Yeah. What are we newscasters? What no. are we journalists here? Jeez. No. But I, I think the big story that you know we want to talk about is Mr. A. A. Ron uh, played all of what seventy five seconds. Four snaps last night, Torres Achilles. Uh, and it wasn't even like he was just trying to escape a defender. It's not like he was, you know, got rolled up on or, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't anything crazy, just a very routine play. Um, obviously, he probably wasn't your number one quarterback, you know, just from where he was being drafted this year, uh, but definitely has fantasy impact for Garrett Wilson. 
Reese Hall, Aaron Lazard, Aaron, Allen, Lazard, uh, Dalvin Cook, you know, my, a lot of fantasy impact there. So how do you think this changes for those like main players, Jake? It puts me on red alert to trade away Garrett Wilson. Because I th- I think maybe you can in your league because if people just saw or if they didn't watch the game and they just saw the stat line, stat line was reasonable. It was just because of this ridiculous catch that the ball should have never been thrown by Zach Wilson anyways. And Garrett Wilson did a, a miracle, just an actual magic trick in midair to catch this ball. So like if they're seeing that, maybe they're still on the Garrett Wilson train. Mm-hmm. So I'd be trying to trade him away if you could. Like your best case scenario is that they. I don't know. I, they trade for Jameis Winston or something. You know, that's basically what you're mm-hmm. hoping for with the Jets. Because if it's Zach Wilson the rest of the way, we saw that last year. We know what yeah. that does for Garrett Wilson's fantasy value. So outside of him, though, it, I don't think it moves the other guy's needle too much. Except for, like, maybe there is a week or two you could get away with starting Randall Cobb. Now you just you, now don't mm-hmm. even bother with even trying to guess that. Um, Alan Lazard, I think, stays the same, though. Do you see the running backs as having crazy shifts in value after this? Uh, I think their value goes up, but I'm also pumping the brakes a little bit because teams are not scared of Zach Wilson, let's be honest. So in obvious running situations, teams are going to stack the box and, and and they're going to force the Jets to throw the ball. So from that aspect, it worries me a little bit. Like I said, pump the brakes a little bit. But, I mean, you know that Brees Hall, I mean, he looked great this weekend. I know he tore off that big run. Um, Multiple. Added ridiculous. Stats, but um, looked explosive, looked like he's back from injury. Um, and if you're able to get him a little bit later in your drafts, it's definitely going to pay off this year. But I think um, for both those running backs, uh you know, the volume is definitely going to be there. They're going to try to pound the ball, I think, not have to rely on Zach Wilson throwing the ball uh, all that much. So they'll, they'll, they should get the volume. I'm sure there'll be a split in there too. But uh, yeah, I would try to go after Brees Hall, especially if you can. Um, just there might be some weeks where it's going to be a little bit rough. Cause like I said, they're, they're going to end up stacking the box against them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brees Hall should be fine. I, I have to, Eat a little bit of crow with Brees Hall. I, I was like, Dalvin Cook is going to be their guy and their only guy for the first three weeks and ease Brees Hall back into action. They didn't do that. They didn't do that at mm-hmm. all. Um, so, yeah, congratulations, Brees Hall managers, on that. Less congratulations to J.K. Dobbins managers. He's yeah, done, that... he's done for for this year again, it looks like, and that's that's a tough spot. Do you have Cheers, a guy? Hey, Toronto Dave in the chat. Cheers to you, sir. Uh, do you have a running back in Baltimore that you're at all interested in, by the way, after this? Not really. I think it's going to be a split backfield. They're not going to rely on one guy. Uh, and and I, I just want to say, I this one really bums me out because I was really excited to see Dobbins come back a year removed from his previous injury. Uh, I thought he looked explosive early on and you know in the, in the preseason and everything so i was really excited uh, with the value that you got from him uh, i got him in a couple other leagues uh 
So that's a kind of a sad situation there for me personally, uh, uh, along with all the other millions of fantasy players out there. Obviously, it's not just about and him. Yeah, yeah and, <laughs> yeah, and him. And you're you the know. one we should be thinking that's about right, right now. That's it. right. But yeah, getting back to your question, I think it's going to be a split backfield. They're going to use both Gus and Justice Hill. Uh, unless you see in the next couple weeks, one of those guys really get a bulk of the carries. I just don't trust either one of them right now. They'll both have their value and they'll both have their weeks, I'm sure. But I just at this point, I'm not going to plant my flag on one guy because I just don't know who it's going to be. Not probably not Melvin Gordon is my guess, but who even knows? It could be mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon, uh, and I don't like that. Or it could be a suitor to be named, yet mm-hmm. I hear that Leonard Fournette and Kareem Hunt are still out there looking for work. By they the way, are. seems like a reasonable spot for them to land. Mm-hmm. I also saw somebody float out the idea of them trading for Derrick Henry, which would be very exciting, but I don't know how plausible that is. But or, yeah, like, your point, or, saying, or would like JT fall into this category, maybe? Hmm? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't Maybe. know. That doesn't yeah, seem like I'm a move that Baltimore would make. Uh, but you never know. You never know. Uh, that would be a shit. fun offense to see, though, with JT there. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> we'll we'll see. We'll see yeah. the likelihood. Yeah. Any other news news bites you want to talk about, Jake? Not really. Um, I do just want to just briefly though say. Jordan Love, thank you for giving me just a little bit of confidence <laughs> for these Packers coming in. We're not going to chortle too much. This isn't, it's one game, but it was an mm-hmm. important game against a division right. rival in their home turf, on their home turf. So yep. it was nice to see, because I we said we have no expectations yep. for this year, yep. but it's nice to have that level of payout early on in the season. It is. Uh, speaking of that, Aaron Jones tweaked a hamstring. Looks like he's going to be out two to three weeks at least. Um, so AJ Dillon wheels up, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, it was nice to see they got some help with, from the defense, but we're not here to talk about the Packers game. Uh, we could do that all night long. Let's That's be right. honest, but I'm let's sure. move on. Let's, let's get into something fun here. We got some beer bet payouts. We had two beer bets, uh, from last week. One was our weekly beer bet that we do every single show. And the second one uh, we did because we were going against each other, mano a mano in our home league uh, week one. So we went one and one on these bets. And, you know, this the first one, our weekly bet, um, I even hate to say that you won this one because uh, it was so fucking bad. Love it. it was I so love it. fucking bad. It, and it makes me so angry uh, <laughs> that, that it was... It was one such a poor showing by both quarterbacks, and two that you won by such a slim margin when they were yeah. both so poor. So yeah, the yeah. first one, just to remind folks, uh, I said Sunday night game. You got Daniel Jones versus Dak Prescott, PPR, just straight points for the game. You took Dak, or I mean, you took Daniel Jones. I'm sorry, I keep hoping you switch to Dak magically, but no, nope, it didn't happen. Still the same. <laughs> So, yeah, you had Daniel Jones. He had 6.5 fantasy points last night. 6.5. That's awful. But not as awful as Dak with 6.3. Ugh. That is. That's the mark of a shark right here. This is a (laughs) shark right here making that choice, that hard choice between these two fantasy players. 
what a fucking disgusting resolution to it but hey look i'm i mean i'm still happy that i came out with the right guy for our bet i mean i feel like it's only because they pulled dak so early uh if they would have kept him in one more series i would have had this but uh yeah that's that's fine so jake as we want to do on this podcast congratulations you are an amazing fantasy football analyst slash genius cheers my friend thank you thank you for that i'm gonna take just a small moment to soak it in before it's my turn yeah give me a small moment to soak in all that fireball too Whoop. yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah, good yeah. stuff so do you want to give the listeners the update for our head-to-head yeah i'll do it this is gross man uh this is well gross for me not at all gross for you so we faced each other in our home league in week one it was perfect perfect timing i love coming out of the gates with that a lot of trash talk on sunday well nah, for like for like 10 minutes a lot of trash talk on sunday before stuff went sour for me so in our home league dustin finished with a mighty 146.4 points it's very good it's very mm-hmm. good I finished with a less mighty 85.6 points. You got me, but you only got me by like 60. Yeah, uh, only. Which is really, only. I mean, what are you even doing? You should have had me by twice that. Uh, it was great. I, I benched my highest scoring player in Brandon Ayuk, who had like 36 Ugh. points just sitting there on my bench Ugh. with two nice touchdowns. And that that was uh, fun to watch That uh, the highlights of that as before the Packer game started. Uh, just watching them rack up those points. That was it was a beautiful sight to behold. So rough, you know. It's like, oh, oh, there's my guy on red zone. Oh, there's my guy on red zone again. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> Where he's positioned. Uh, everybody in my lineup was just terrible. Lamar Jackson was the most egregious with negative three Whoa. something yes. points. Our league is very favorable or very unfavorable towards the quarterback mm-hmm. position. Um, and it was unfavorable this time. So Dustin, I actually forgot that I have to pay this off. So what I'm going to do is an old school payout. I'm going to be doing a little chug-a-lug uh, oh. for basically all of this goddamn Oktoberfest um, because I wasn't smart enough to bring up uh, a beverage besides this. So with that said, you are an amazing fantasy football prognosticator slash genius. There Thank you. While you're finishing that, uh, Toronto Dave in the chat says he said Ayuk for Goddard as well, and he wasn't even drinking. So uh, there is some shared, shared tears there. Woo! I love Oktoberfest. Not a chugging beer, though. I will say not a chugging <laughs> beer in my estimation. Holy shit. Next time. I'll remember my little mini because <laughs> I don't want to repeat that. My goodness. Uh, well, at least I yeah, have that's... some company with Dave. I appreciate. Yeah. That is, uh, that's going back to our, our old school days when we first started the podcast of paying off bets. Doing, going back uh, to roots. Tall boy chugging beers. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glad we don't do that him. anymore. By the way, I love this comment from Joey. This was for yours, by the way. What is that, a beer for ants? Uh, he was talking about your fireball, your your little yeah. mini fireball. Hi, uh, uh, <laughs> Joey. Welcome in, by the way. Uh, love the, the active chat, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be here paying off these dumbass bets throughout the season. Not always the head-to-head ones, right. but the other ones that we do. That's right. 
Okay, Jake, should we move on and do our drunk trade of the week here? Bingo, bango. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week. No pisses me off, by the way. Now I realize I don't have a beer for the rest of the show. God, that's two ways that that screwed me uh, back to back. Anyways, our drunk trade this week comes from Twitter at the FFB Tech. Drinking and trading can be dangerous. And yet, here I am again, they say. So we got tagged in this one on Twitter. Much appreciated mm-hmm. tag. Heads up to anybody out there who is posting these on Twitter. Do give us a tag. This is a 12-team Dynasty Superflex PPR League. Here's how it went down. Kenneth Walker, the third, on one side, versus Deontay Johnson and a second on the other. Keep in mind, the date on this is very crucial. This was posted on the 29th of August. All right, so we are a little slow to get to this one. I apologize, KJ. (laughs) But with the benefit of hindsight, as we now Mm -hmm. have a week and a half beyond this, uh, Deontay Johnson, we didn't talk about it at the top of the show, but is dealing with his own injury that's going to keep him sidelined for at least, I think, three to four weeks is what their guesstimation is at this point. So it's dynasty, though. It's not Mm -hmm. the end of the world. What do you think, by the way, KJ was the Deontay Johnson side. Had clarified in a, in a further tweet that his love for Deontay Johnson might have clouded him as he was also drinking during this. But what do you think about this one? I I am with KJ here. I am Deontay Stan this season. I week One week does not make a season, as we will kind of be talking about later. But yeah, give me the Deontay Johnson and a second. Um, I, Pete Carroll and his running backs, he never likes to have like the guy ever since uh, Mr. Skittles left the team. So I just, <laughs> I, I, you know, I just don't trust it. Uh, and Kenneth Walker, you know, had his little tweak of an injury during the preseason. So could that flare up at some point? Sure. Uh, not that you know, I want to bank on that, but uh, especially in Dynasty, give me the young wide receiver. Uh, that is a target hog, uh, uh, plus the pick. Yeah, Deontay Johnson is still young. Uh, I mean, what's he, 26, I think, mm-hmm. this year? is, uh, And you get that second-round pick. I'm also with you. After the injury and all, like, I don't care. It's dynasty. I mean, it's, yep. it stinks if you're a contender, obviously, and you're obviously. hoping for Deontay Johnson to be contributing in that way. But again, it's four weeks, I think, is what they're they're saying. So you can get away with this. And I agree with you. I think that Zach Charbonnet could be making uh, an imprint on this offense still sooner than later. So I don't hate Kenneth Walker, but yeah, give me no. the Deontay Johnson plus pick side. If this was just players for players straight up, I think I'd have a much harder time with it because I do think that they're pretty even. But uh, with the second round pick on top of that, yeah, yeah. I'm comfortable with it. Yeah, We're, we are lockstep on this one, Jake, 100%. Look at us in full agreement on a drunk trade that the submitter was not even fully confident in. So look (laughs) at us giving them that hope. Uh, KJ, hopefully that makes you sleep a little bit better tonight. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get into our our main event here, Jake. Uh, Week one, reaction, overreactions, underreactions, all the actions this week. Uh, These are like we 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 have a few just main things we're going to talk about here, main storylines. 
are we overreacting to this or is this more of like a season long concern that maybe we have to pay attention to to help your fantasy team? So, Jake, why don't you start us off here? I'd be happy to and grossed out too, because I'm going to be starting with the Chiefs wide receivers. We can't trust any of those guys. We all scream in unison after watching Thursday night football and the very bizarre game that was without Travis Kelsey against the Detroit Lions. Of course, with Travis Kelsey out, the common thought process was we'll see which of these wide receivers steps up and basically becomes Patrick Mahomes' go-to guy. And maybe Noah Gray gets involved as well. That's kind of the Mm -hmm. secondary hope for the backup tight end. But really what we ended up seeing was a ton of drops from the presumed number one guy who did seem to be targeted in the, if not the most overall, was targeted in the most impactful situations, which was Kadarius Toney. But Kadarius Toney ended up giving away a lot of points. Uh, He ended up having one plop right off of his hands. That's the noise it made. Yep. Apparently he was uh, taking pointers this offseason from MVS on how to catch the ball. (laughs) <laughs> rude mbs actually caught his uh one i know but I, I, it's a little hanging fruit i can't help it, it. Is. It, is. <laughs> it is that's old school mbs yeah new school mbs he only gets one target but damn does he make he made it look good it. yeah that's right he did he did <laughs> uh but yeah so between that between the lack of involvement from justin ross which i was, I was just very sad mm-hmm. about i've been wanting the most for him Really, the best-looking guy out there in your stat lines for fantasy was Rasheed Rice, and that's because he caught a touchdown. And if it wasn't for that, it would be even more of a red alert situation for everybody in fantasy right now. So, is this an overreaction to say, we're out on all of the Chiefs wide receivers? I would say yes and no. If you agreed with us coming into this season... We were not specifically targeting any Chiefs wide receiver a little bit for this reason. Mm -hmm. So I I don't want to pat ourselves on the back here too much. But the idea was, yes, Travis Kelsey is obviously the number one target. Most things are going to go to him. But beyond that, who does it go to? We don't know. And we still don't know, I don't believe, after this game. If I had to guess, Kadarius Toney gets a chance to reprove himself. Because, again, he looked for him often. He looked for him in those very stressful, high-impact mm-hmm. situations. If he can get a hold of his drops and his health for while he's out there, Kadarius Tony could be the number one guy. With that said, no, I'm not going into my weekly lineups targeting a specific wide receiver. Sky mm-hmm. Moore, of course, is probably the most egregious example of somebody's um, value just dropping mm-hmm. like an absolute atom bomb. And that's what happened for Sky Moore because he ended up, I think, with like 0.4 points in our league. It was gross. It was very gross. Um, So if you believed in a specific Chiefs wide receiver, then continue, I guess, to believe in them if you want. But if you were like us and were just out at them, except for whoever the cheapest guy was, hold on to that cheapest guy and maybe Justin Ross makes his way back into the lineups uh, going forward. But yeah, I think it's okay to react to this one appropriately and say, I'm not going to start anybody until they show me something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this just proves, one, that Travis Kelsey is hashtag good at football. 
but two, he, having him on the field also opens up the defense for the other wide receivers to get open where, you know, they focus on Kelsey so much, it makes the little bit lighter coverages. So without him out there, it's going to be interesting to see how this offense adjusts to that, you know, the new world Kelsey. And let's get honest, uh, he's, he's getting older and this, you know, if, you know, in the next few years, they're going to have to envision life without him. So maybe this is just a precursor to that. Uh, just one quick aside. Uh, I was speaking to our commission at bowling on Thursday. I know you could get more Wisconsin than that. Uh, but I was I, I was saying to him, I'm like, I can just imagine what Chris Collinsworth is saying right now uh, during this game. He's like, if you would have told me that uh, a Patrick Mahomes led Chiefs would be uh, trailing to the Lions, even without Travis Kelsey in the lineup. I wouldn't have bet in a million years that this would have, you know, even been remotely possible. And then he know. slides out of frame just yeah, because exactly. he can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So. <laughs> oh God, I love it. All right, yeah. well, what's, what's your next overreaction you want to talk about? So this is a positive. We're not, we're not going to be all negative here. This is a positive. Calvin Ridley. Amazing game. Is, is, can we trust this moving forward? Do we love him in this Jags offense? What, you know, what are the expectations? Cause what we were watching the game, he had what, uh, a career high seven catches in the first half, uh, career high receptions in the first half of this game. Uh, he balled out and I, I will take the L right now. Uh, he looked fucking amazing. Like he looked like Calvin Ridley of old, looked like he stayed in shape. Studying that football hard, uh, why he was out for that almost year and a half. Um, uh, looks like he's got his head on right, um, in, in the playbook and looks like he's going to be super involved in this offense. <sighs> Do we think this? I, I mean, I'm all in. Uh, I'll admit after week one, okay. I, I will overreact and say, yes. Are there going to be down weeks? Of course. Yes. You know, that that's bound to happen for any player in the NFL a la Patrick Mahomes week one. But um, yeah, I think they showed that he is going to be an integral part of this offense. Uh, and Christian Kirk was nowhere to be found. Uh, Zay no. Jones was the number two option on this team, which that's a bigger concern for me than than anything else. It's like, okay, we kind of knew Calvin Ridley. He was getting drafted high. We kind of figured he'd be the number one option on this offense. Uh, but I don't know about you, but I still thought Christian Kirk was going to be readily involved, like a solid number two wide receiver. Didn't see that. So uh, that's kind of the bigger overreaction for me is is Christian Kirk. But uh, I, I am all on board with uh, Calvin Ridley being back. As long as he's on the field and healthy, uh, I think he's going to continue to get fed the ball because he showed what he can do. Yeah, I, I, I will absolutely take the massive L. I'll go even further. I was telling people to wait to draft Christian Kirk later in their drafts instead of taking Calvin Ridley where he was going. That looks dumb as mm -hmm. shit right now. So we'll see. I'm, maybe it's a little take lock on my part. I'm still going to wait to see if this was just Trevor Lawrence. Like, let's get my guy on my page right. week one. Let's just hyper target him and get him super comfortable coming back. Maybe you see things like that happen sometimes in the NFL. I think it's a legitimate process for them to do mm -hmm. um, if that's what Trevor Lawrence was actually doing. I do think, you know, if we look back to when Calvin Ridley was 
the Calvin Ridley, like, yeah, even then he had some games where he kind of goosed you. You know, he had some single-digit performances even in his best year where he was the wide receiver five on the season. So there's going to be ebbs and flows with this, Mm -hmm. but I am eating a bunch of crow. I think Calvin Ridley, I think he's back. I think he's very back. Yeah, public apology. Sorry, Calvin. Yep. You will get my letter in the mail. Uh, I will will sign it with my tears. Uh, Next, I want to talk (laughs) about the Lions backfield. David Montgomery. This damn guy is going to ruin Jameer Gibbs' value. Right? We saw it on Thursday night. We've been talking about it coming into the season. Lions wanted a workhorse, and they went out and got one in David Montgomery, and then they said, "Eh, Jameer Gibbs, we'll give you couple targets here and there yes sir i believe you have a question jake but what about what the coaches said that this was by design and and they're going to get him more involved you know in the coming weeks this was the plan the whole way along i'm glad you asked that question thank you so much i'll Uh, hang up and uh, hold for a response (laughs) (laughs) what we get from dan campbell on the week to week by the way is never going to be anything that is um how do I want to phrase this? Um, too unassuming. Everything that comes out of Dan Campbell's mouth is going to be very purposeful mm-hmm. and intense because that's the kind of guy that he is. And when they say things like, we meant for Jameer Kibbs to only get this going forward, you can read that one of two ways. I'm choosing to read that as this very intense coach who knows a lot of football saying, yeah, we know what he is. That's what you get. That's the possibility coming out of this. It doesn't mean, oh, we meant to ease him in. It means, um, yeah, I mean, David Montgomery, we love him. And Jameer Gibbs, you be happy with your 10 touches per game. And that very well could be the case. Again, I do not want to pat myself on the back too much. I I can't even reach back there these days. But (laughs) I did say specifically coming into the season, like David Montgomery is a workhorse for a reason. That's what they used Jamal Williams with. If it is the Jamal Williams versus DeAndre Swift type of split, this is what you should expect. Mm -hmm. Now, with that said, I have to admit, Jameer Gibbs looked way better than I thought he would this early on in the season. So even if the guy gets 10 touches a game, he's going to maximize the shit out of those touches. He should have had a touchdown. And your stat line, by the way, would have looked a lot better. He slipped a little bit there as mm-hmm. they got, uh, I think it was like from the 15 or 10. He, he had a clear path to the end zone. Nobody would be having these meltdowns over Jameer Gibbs if he had just scored that touchdown. And the stat line looks a lot plumper. So, yeah, maybe this is the way of the world. Maybe David Montgomery is the 20-touch guy. Jameer Gibbs is the 10-touch guy. But if he continues looking like he did on Thursday night, you still don't have an issue. You're still going to be looking at a volatile, but uh, nice-looking running back, too, at least for your season. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, though, that's probably not where you drafted him as. You probably drafted him as your running back one, depending uh, on how you go. He was a little later. He was in the third round. You could have you know, gotten him as your RB2, which is where he if, should. If you went RB-heavy, yes. But, uh, yes. but yeah, if he's a, your RB1, a little bit dicier, but I agree with you 100% here. I think this is going to be what it is. He's going to give you those explosive games. 
but uh, week to week, you're not going to get a lot of consistency at this point, unless something drastic changes. But uh, we had all of last season to see what the Lions wanted, how they want to use their running backs. And it just continued on in week one this year with just a different set of guys. So I don't see that changing, like I said, unless something drastic changes, injury to Montgomery or something like that. So, yeah, moving on. Moving Uh, on, indeed. Indianapolis. Let's let's talk Colts here. Anthony Richardson, he looked okay for his first week. He had some very good highlights. Again, he's got his own little uh, hamstring tweak. Um, should be able to play this week. It didn't sound too serious, but could be a little bit hampered. But he looked good, uh, supported his fantasy assets well. Uh, do we trust this? That's the big thing. It's like, I don't know that I do. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I'm still out on this one. Uh, I'm really interested to hear what you think. But, I mean, I like that he supported Pittman. That was good to see. Uh, the running game didn't really give a whole lot of support, uh, which isn't overly surprising, just considering it's not JT. But, you know, overall, for, for the very first outing, uh, he looked okay, uh, which gives me hope for the future. I just I don't know that I can trust him yet. Uh, and if he was my QB two on a team, uh, I probably wouldn't be starting him at this point, uh, given uh, matchups and you know, assuming my quarterback one is is much better than uh, him. And I drafted like say like a you know, like Joe Burrow, who will be getting around to here in a little bit. Spoiler, but. You know, maybe not one of the top three, like, game-changing quarterbacks, but, you know, still a solid QB1. I still don't know if I could play matchups and and trust Anthony Richardson at this point, uh, given what we saw here in week one. So what do you think, Jake? I'll be honest. I feel the exact opposite. I feel like this is a guy that you can look at and go, what defense is he playing? Okay, great. I have an idea of what I should expect for him in fantasy, which is not what I expected to be able to say right now. Because I was mostly impressed just with how accurate he actually was. Like, that was the big knock on Mm -hmm. him coming in. It's like, you know, the first five games of the season, like, just expect, you know, 100 yards rushing, but like 50 yards passing. You know, like the Malik Willis treatment was being thrust on him, which was unfair. And obviously, in hindsight, looks even worse mm-hmm. um, because he really did look good. I think he was he had like 25 of 37 or something was his, his passing line. And he was spreading the ball around. And I just thought he looked comfortable. He looked very comfortable passing the ball. It sucks that he's dealing with this injury because looking ahead at his schedule, he's got Houston next week. That feels like a, a smash mm-hmm. start to me against Houston where he's... He's not going to be asked, he's not going to be put so far behind in the game script where he's just going to have to sling it constantly. You know, he should be able to keep kind of a nice balance here if he plays uh, against Houston. There are other matchups down the road where I would probably avoid him. Like when he plays against Tennessee in week five, that's probably a matchup unless he's mm-hmm. come a long way even right, since then. Right, right. I'd probably sit him. You know, that defense isn't anything to to mess around with, mm-hmm. so... I do think, though, that you can pretty much scout mostly the rest of the way 
All right, let's say that your main quarterback, what's a real sturdy guy? Let's say it's Trevor Lawrence. Say your main guy is Trevor Lawrence and you have Anthony Richardson as your backup. I feel pretty confident that I could go, all right, this one, the matchup's so juicy for Anthony Richardson that the ceiling is much higher than it is for Trevor Lawrence, even after what we saw in week one. So uh, we have different uh, perspectives on on the offense, I mm-hmm. think, for sure. For the wide receivers, admittedly, I'm less inclined to just be like, Michael Pittman's an auto start. Right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm, I agree that. with you there. Yeah. Um, what about, say, we'll fast forward here four more weeks and JT comes back in week five, say he's healthy. Uh, does this even more then make it like, yes, that that's going to open up this offense even more. And Richardson becomes even more of like a just, yeah, play the matchup and really just cut her loose. I think I think so because I think rushing quarterbacks can sometimes be to the detriment of the actual running back, but mm-hmm. vice versa is almost never the case. Like a good solid running back there. Um, e- yeah, I mean, obviously, the more that you have a consistent backfield, the more scoring opportunities you should also have, and it should be easier to move the thing down the damn field. So I think Jonathan Taylor helps Anthony Richardson overall when and if he comes back. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you got for your last one here, Jake? Well, let's talk about it. Dockward. Nobody saw this coming, but the Bengals offense was a poopy. A fantasy disaster, you might even say. Mm-hmm. And I would say that. Most and you, people who watch and you, would say that. You didn't even get the blow-up barrier in your diaper for this one. It was just, <laughs> it was so bad. It, was, it like came up, I don't know, it came up your back, I think, I think a little bit for sure. Uh, the Bengals offense, there was no good part of this. There was no good part of this offense. Maybe... I guess because of all of the injuries and stuff happening at running back, maybe you were fine with Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. Maybe you said, I'll take my 10 points from Joe Mixon and and see you later. Like, that was enough to get me my victory. If mm-hmm. so, fine. But Joe Burrow, look, I know he was coming back from an injury. I get it. The calf was a big thing. But the fact that they were rolling him out in week one suggested, like, it's not going to be any issue. Yep. And yet... This man could not throw for 100 yards. It was sloppy fuel conditions, admittedly. Yeah, very rainy. A Browns team where these two teams do just have slobber knockers, to borrow a, uh, a wrestling term. They really do throw down heavily, and it does always seem to be ugly games when these two teams play. Uh-huh. So maybe all of those factors together can account for how poopy these fantasy stats work. Do we have real issues with Joe Burrow, with Jamar Chase, with T. Higgins moving forward? I do not. I do not have any damn issues. If you're tempted to sit any one of those players in week two, I would strongly suggest you reconsider. Put them all back Mm -hmm. into your lineups. You're going to feel so gross when Higgins and Chase both have a touchdown maybe even a couple, like That's Brandon right. Ayuk did. Uh, and when Joe Burrow is just going off in week two, yep. they Indeed. get a matchup against Baltimore that's going to be a lot more forgiving for them. Not saying it's going to be a cakewalk by any means, but you don't sit your studs after one gross performance mm-hmm. when they you know, had to get kind of eased in. Yeah, I agree 100%. 
And this is the perfect opportunity. Maybe go try to trade for Chase or for Higgins or for Burrow. If their fantasy manager is down on them after this week and just thinks like, oh, my God, wheels fell off. No, it's it, the ship will write itself. Just give it give it some time uh, and maybe take advantage. Go make a trade and get a couple of studs on your team if you're able to. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. Would oh, Thanks. All right. Finally, here. And this, I don't want to end on this one, but... Um, oh, I think it. Well, I know. Arthur Smith, man, he is not fucking kidding uh, when he says he doesn't care about our fantasy teams. Uh, he doesn't like wide receivers, I don't think, at all. Anyone that has to catch the ball or throw the ball. Basically, uh, he just likes running backs and probably offensive linemen, and that's it. Uh, because, yeah, the running backs, they were fed and fed often. And two, I mean, with Bijan and Algier, uh, they both were just super fantasy relevant, had great games. Uh, and the two top five picks in the last two drafts for the Falcons and Kyle Pitts and Drake London, uh, had a combined zero receptions, I believe, on like five targets. I know Drake London had one target the entire game. Desmond Ritter has more receptions than either of those combined after week one. Uh, that's fucking scary. And I, 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 I am, I feel like reacting appropriately. I don't feel like this is overreaction, but I'm glad I don't have either of them on my fantasy roster. I uh, wish I had either Bijan or Algier because I feel like both of them are going to be fantasy relevant every single week. Obviously, they can't just. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. I, I, I refuse. I can't even say it. I was going to say there's going to be weeks where they have to throw the ball. But no, I don't think that's true. I think Arthur Smith will run the ball no matter what. And it won't matter. Game script be damned. He's going to run the ball. Uh, and. And I, I was really high on Drake London going into this year. Uh, I really thought where he was being drafted, it was going to be great value. And it, it, I'm probably going to be wrong on that. Like he's just like Arthur Smith just does not like wide receivers. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Like it's just just I would try to get rid of them if you can, because it's just if they do pop off, you're not going to know the week when it's going to happen. And I just don't want that sort of volatility at at a point in the draft where I had to draft them somewhat high yet. Uh, I mean, it wasn't going super high like like Kyle Pitts was last year it was like third round. But I mean, you still spent decent draft capital on both of these guys. So if there's any way that you can find a believer in your league to trade them to uh, get something a little bit has a little bit more consistency in return, I would definitely try to do that. I think what pisses me off the most about this is that the Falcons won. Like, they did this and they win. So, Arthur Smith, there's not even the chance that he reflects and goes, maybe I should throw this ball to, like, a couple of these guys every once in a while. There's no reason. He won the game. That's all he gives shit about. And so, even if he loses the next three, he's going to default back to this week one and be like, well, I know. It worked that time. Maybe I'll try it again still. And it does suck. For Dynasty, I'll send out a trade offer for Drake London. I will, because my hope is Arthur Smith gets fired after this season and the coaching staff can utilize that talent. Same with Kyle Pitts. Like, go, mm-hmm. I'm fine trading for them in, in Dynasty if so you what, can get a, a deal for them. What are you willing to give up for them? 
Well, I'll tell you, I actually sent out an offer before oh. we went on the show for Drake London. And uh, a lot of pieces involved, but basically to sum it up, Mike Williams, Isaiah Pacheco, and Russell Wilson got sent away for Drake London and some throw-in quarterback. It was like uh, Will Levis, maybe, or mm-hmm. Malik Will, somebody who's basically just a throw-in. Like, I'm fine doing that. Like, it's a super flex league, so, you know, it's a bunch of, it's three quarters, maybe make a dollar. But if that dollar has Arthur Smith uh, holding on to it, maybe you're comfortable letting go. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Any other overreactions you want to talk about here before we uh, move on? Move on. Looking forward. Everybody should overreact to everything else. Everything that we didn't talk about, you go ahead. You overreact to your heart's content. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, then let's move ahead. Week two here. any games on the slate that you are particularly uh, think they're juicy fantasy matchups? Yeah, there's actually quite a few this week that I will say get my get my my heat up. Is that that's a gross question? Uh, that's a gross way to phrase it. The Vikings and the Eagles. I'm very interested in Thursday night football this week. Um, I'm glad that we actually have a fairly decent slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Thursday night football. I think most of the way, I don't think there should be too many gripes from people about like the disgusting matchups that are ahead. That one really sticks out to me. Uh, those receivers obviously are just going to be so damn exciting to, to watch. But I'm also excited for a Sunday noon matchup here with the Seahawks and the Lions. I want to know more about both of those backfields. We talked mm-hmm. about both of those backfields already probably why i'm so latched on but i'm just really curious are they going to be the driving forces in this game or are geno smith and jared goff actually going to open shit up um neither one really was afforded the opportunity to in week one so maybe that changes i'm pretty pretty interested in that what do you see on this slate that's interesting Mm -hmm. yeah i'm interested in another noon game here it's the chiefs jags uh will the chiefs and all their offensive pieces rebound going against another high-powered offense in the Jags. Uh, will they continue against, you know, a, a decent Chiefs defense here? Uh, very interested in that one. Lots of fantasy pizzas involved. Uh, and then, you know, i got to say, a uh, team we just talked about with, with Atlanta uh, going against our Packers. Um, put up, both teams looked really good in week one. Uh, put up put up good fantasy stats for your players. Uh, is this going to continue? Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how those two young teams uh, continue on and how they uh, match up against each other here in week two. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, we're still just excited for football mm-hmm. in general. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all of these games will have their merit. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm pretty interested in that. Yeah, Monday night, we'll see. Steelers and Browns. Should make for an interesting debacle yeah. of the game. I'm, it's probably the one I'm least excited about for fantasy because, again, I think it's going to be like Browns uh, versus Bengals, a little bit repeated, but kind of mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. So I don't want any players starting from those games. No, absolutely. Okay, Jake. And then um, we'll get into our starts of the week here for week two. But looking back at last week, Jake, you had Kenneth Walker going against the Rams. Uh, 10.7 points. Okay. 
nothing great. Uh, ended as RB25. Yeah. How do you feel he about that? He got the work. He got yeah. the work, and, and that was that was the accurate part of it. But the efficiency was not there, and there just wasn't much work to be given all around in this game. Very odd game. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then I had uh, Jordan Addison versus Tampa Bay. Uh, 16.1 points coming in at wide receiver 18. I am very happy about that. That is a solid finish. Uh, scored the touchdown, which was nice. Uh, had a couple other big plays. I know at least one other time we were watching on red zone, so we only got to see bits and pieces of this game. I know uh, he was targeted at least one other time in the end zone uh, when the Vikings were down there. So uh, definitely someone they're looking at. Um, so uh, definitely if he's on your roster, don't be afraid to start him. Uh, maybe depending on matchup, maybe it's not an every week start quite at this point, but um, you should feel good about uh, having him on your team. So moving forward then, looking ahead week two, Jake, who is your start of the week? Well, I'll be honest. This guy was almost my start of the week last week until I looked deeper into his matchup and I pivoted away. But this week, I'm going to Jamal Williams, the lead running back for the Saints, who is going up against the Carolina Panthers. Could not be two more different defenses for a running back to face in back-to-back weeks. The Tennessee Titans allowed the fewest rushing yards all of 2022. There is no reason to think that they had fallen off to the point that it was going to be easy for him last week. But he did get a ton of work last week. He was the guy last week. However, the Saints were airing it out a little bit more, I think, than people expected them to. So out of the running backs, which are very few and far between, uh, Alvin Kamara still suspended for another couple of games. Kendra Miller still dealing with an issue that kept him out last week. We don't know his status for week two. But even if Miller is out there and a go, I'm very comfortable rolling with Jamal Williams, who should have plenty of opportunities for touchdowns, Mm -hmm. if nothing else. Yep, I like that call, Jake. And then I am taking Darren Waller going against the Cardinals. I know what you're thinking. The Cardinals, they, you know, lost by a score. They sacked... uh, Sam Howell a bunch of times. They actually looked okay on defense. Slow down. It's the Washington offense. Uh, I mean, and it's week one. I come on. Uh, And I know the Giants just got fucking boat raced on Sunday night football against Dallas conference game. I know the weather was shitty, but you would have expected to be a bit more competitive than that, especially week one. All the more reason to go after uh, these Giants players this week. I think they're going to come out motivated uh, after that embarrassment last week. And Darren Waller is the guy, uh, the only guy I trust on this offense other than Saquon. So give me Darren Waller against the secondary. Um, I think he's going to, I think this offense as a whole is going to come back uh, rejuvenated this week. Uh, Darren Waller is going to be leading the way. You know, there was a time not so long ago you started every tight end against the Arizona Cardinals in fantasy. Maybe Darren Waller helps get us back to that point, Mm -hmm. or at least gives us the illusion of it after he crushes this week and finishes (laughs) as the tight end one overall. That's That's right. That's right. Okay, Jake, we just have one little piece of uh, business left on the show sheet here, and that is our weekly beer bet here. So... It is your turn to provide the beer bet, so lay it on me. What, what, what are my choices? A, well, 
won't leave you in suspense any longer. This is a throwback a little bit to a variety of beer bet that we did pretty often last year in season. I'm not going one versus one. I'm going position versus position. And I want to see it happen on Thursday night as we're at bowling so we can track it just a little bit and add to this. It's the Vikings versus the Eagles, but I'm talking running backs versus running backs. Now, there is a part of me that wanted to make this bet just Alexander Madison versus Kenneth Gainwell, who was the surprise, a lot of people, <laughs> number one running back in mm -hmm. Philadelphia. People, uh, we saw the depth chart come out initially, and we said they're fucking with us. They weren't fucking with us, apparently, at least not in week one. But just in case they were, just in case week one is a little bit of a trick, right. I wanted to open this up for, uh, for less trickery. So Vikings versus Eagles, which group do you want? Uh, give me the Eagles. Done and done. I'll lock you up. You think they're just going to get out to such a, an early lead, especially, or what's your thought process there? Uh, I just have a hard... I, I've really... I was really in on Madison early in the offseason once they cut Dalvin Cook. But since then, I've really started to fade him. Um, and especially if Eagles jump out to a big lead early on. Vikings are going to be playing from behind. Yeah, there might be opportunities for dump offs there, but you know they're going to be going for JJ and Addison. So uh, I, I, it's just less opportunity for volume there in this game than I'd like to see. Uh, yeah, the Eagles backfield is a little bit more up in the air of who's going to get it. And I know Jalen Hurts could end up being the lead running back on the team. So there is that piece of it, but I just, I, the Eagles are just a better team all around. And I think the game script is going to be in their favor. I agree with, with all of your points. The one that stuck out to me and the one that I thought made this the most interesting was the Jalen Hurts of it all. Mm -hmm. so yes, I agree with your logic. It's just how much of those rushing attempts does Jalen Hurts take himself? How many of those rushing touchdowns does he maybe take himself? So I think that this one could be pretty even keeled, but, uh, I will log you in as the Eagles, and we'll check back in next week. Yes, we will. All right, Jake, any last thoughts here before we sign off for the evening? You know, last week at this time, I said, just watch the games. Just watch the games. Don't check your phone too often in the first half. Just absorb mm -hmm. the fact that we have football back on TV. I'm going the opposite this week. <laughs> Do nothing but check your phones. Don't even watch the damn games. Just sit there and stare at that screen and watch those points. Uh, all right. Very well, Jake. Um, I think we'll leave it at that. As always, folks, go out, give us a rate and review. Give us five stars, please. We appreciate it. Uh, subscribe to us here on YouTube. If you're happy to be catching us on the audio version of this, uh, you can watch us live see our faces, interact in the chat. We'll answer any questions you have live and on the air. But um, other than that, you can hit up my partner here, Jake, at Jake Trowbridge on the X slash Twitter machine. Uh, you can hit the podcast at Drinking Fantasy, and you can hit me up at FF Dusty Dog if you so choose. And until next week, folks, may the fantasy gods be with you. Good luck next week, and keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.